The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. And if you're here for the Midori Concert Ticket Giveaway, um, I will be giving that link in just a second. But before I give that away, I will be introducing my guest for today, who will be Joanna Rocha. I will be revisiting my interview that we had back in May 31st of last year, 2022. And she is a pet pastel painter. She um, illustrates all kinds of pets and is also a postdoctoral researcher at the College of Medicine studying human diseases. Uh, we have a great conversation about why it is that she loves illustrating pets and why that connection between humans and pets is so important. All right, and now for our, our announcements, uh, we have the Midori Goto ticket giveaway. Uh, Midori is a violin virtuoso. She uh, is a childhood prodigy that played with the New York Philharmonic at just the age of 11 um, and is now a world-known performer. Uh, this concert is going to take place February 7th, 2023 at 7 p.m. in Rudder Theater. If you are able to make this event on February 7th at 7 p.m. at Rudder Theater, you can visit the link tx.ag slash Midori giveaway. That's texas.ag, tx.ag slash Midori giveaway. All you have to do is fill out that form and the winners will be contacted via email with instructions on where and when to pick up those tickets. All right, let's start my interview with Joanna Rocha. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. She is a pastel painter that focuses on animals, but she is also a postdoctoral researcher uh, in the College of Medicine uh, studying human diseases. And she is also the winner of the Visual Arts Society 2022 Spring Judge Show. She won first place in under the professional division. So hi, Joanna. Welcome to the KMU Studios. Hi, Hector. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. And to begin this interview, I like to go through the background of my guests and seeing <laughs> where a love for art began. So I was going to ask you, where were you born? I was born in Mozambique in okay. Africa. All right. And how did you end up in College Station? <laughs> so that's a funny story. So I basically came to College Station for my PhD. Okay. That's the short right. version of the story. I mean, I did kind of grow up here. I lived here. I came here when I was four. Oh, wow. And I left when I was eight, I think. We came here 
from Mozambique. Um, at the time, the country was at war. Mozambique had become independent from Portugal. That brought on a revolution, and this war lasted for decades and decades and decades. Oh. And um, my mom is actually the heroine of the story. She got the family out of that situation. My dad did not want to leave his country. <laughs> she got everyone out of Mozambique, out of the war situation, to come to College Station, of all places, to pursue their master's and PhDs. She somehow got everyone a scholarship, everyone I mean herself and my dad. And so we came to College Station, and I lived here as a kid. Um, Fast forward many years, we're back in Portugal. We're not back in Portugal. We moved to Portugal. I finish up school, high school. Um, I did an undergraduate degree in biology, and I did my master's there. And then I ended up coming back here to College Station for my Ph.D., and College Station was the last place I thought I'd ever go back to, last place. Mm -hmm. It was through an acquaintance, through um, an internship before I did my master's that had connections to Texas A&M. Whenever I was reaching out and networking to see where I would do my PhD, he said, hey, there's a lab in College Station, a good friend of mine who I know, and they're looking for uh, graduate students. Would you like me to... um, ask if they're still looking and I said yes and I've been here ever since all right awesome and I mean I is that where your love for horses began because I know that you started uh, off your uh, research in equine infectious disease mm-hmm. um, no I have always had a huge love for horses before I ever touched one saw one sat on one I was mm-hmm. drawing them with crayons unicorns actually um, I had my little ponies as a little girl. I didn't really love the Barbie dolls. I had my little ponies. I think when you have the horse itch, you're just kind of born with it. Hmm. I can't explain where it came from. It just always was. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I was looking in your submission and under the Visual Arts Society website, and I noticed that you moved from Texas to Louisiana at one point, yes. right, to Baton Rouge. Uh, I was wondering if this affected um, your art. At oh, all? absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that was a turning point. Um, so after we lived here in College Station, we moved to this tiny town called Overton. It's in Texas. Okay. Um, we moved there. Um, I think they were doing their postdocs. I don't, I don't know what they were doing, actually. But we lived there for a few years. And um, while we were in Overton... My dad worked with this guy called Andy, and Andy was an amazing artist. I just admired everything he did. And after these three years were up, we moved again. We moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But before we moved, I asked Andy if he would be my pen pal. And our agreement was um, with every letter we sent each other, we had to include drawing of some sort, a sketch, if you will. So in my first letter to him, of course, I included an outline of my typical horses. Um, I sent it to him with a little note of what was going on, if I liked the city, and yes, I did, and what my school was like. And then in his next letter to me, he kindly critiqued my drawing, and he said, you know, that's really nice. But you know what you could try? You could try some shading maybe a little bit here on the neck or something. 
um, see what I did in my sketch, and he would attach beautiful, beautiful sketches mm. of like hay fields or pine forests or of people. I still have them today. They're one of my most prized possessions. Mm. And he would use them as examples. See what I did here with the shading? Um, you should probably try that on, on your horse, you know, where you see like shades and the muscles and the neck or, um, you know, just give it a shot. So I did. I smudged something that I thought was shading on my horse outline and I sent it to him again with another letter and then he sent it back to me. And with every letter he would send back to me, he would introduce me to a new technique. Um, texture, shading. Uh, if I recall, he wouldn't do a lot of color, but he like introduced color uh, as well. Um, and that, I think, was the turning point for me. I think that's when it kind of clicked. And that's when I was able to, I was given these tools to understand how to bring a plain line drawing on a piece of paper to life, how he did it, how he was able to just masterly make a hayfield come to life on a piece of paper, um, I could do the same maybe with my horse. And I'm not saying that that summer I was able to pick it up beautifully, but he gave me the tools and it opened up a whole new world for me. And I think that was a turning point to where um, I kind of took it more seriously. I mean, I've always loved to draw and I would always doodle, but this was different. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that, like, when you would receive something from him and then you'd send him something else, and in the meantime, you could kind of practice whatever he had taught you in that yeah. last letter. And then... Oh, and I was so excited. I would just be so happy I'd get his letters because the first thing I would do was not read his note. I would go to his sketch and right. see what beautiful sketch he sent me. And it was like, I mean, it's not like he would spend a lot of time on it either, I don't think. It's something that just came so naturally and beautifully to him that he would just take a ballpoint pen or a number two pencil and just sketch something out on line paper. And it was just absolutely stunning. Beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. You're yeah. so lucky that you got like a little master class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um so you started off uh, drawing horses primarily, right? And did mm -hmm. that lead to drawing other animals? Did that lead yes. to that passion? Yes. So um, I love animals. I love mm. all animals. Okay. Um, I think I mostly paint horses and dogs, but I also like to paint cows and cats and goats. And <laughs> all types. I'm not opposed to painting other animals. I'm just... Um, I guess my target audience is horse and dog people. Mm -hmm. um, I also do enjoy painting people, mostly horses and dogs, but I love painting everything and anything. I love all animals. Right. Um, and why um, draw animals specifically? I mean, I, I'm thinking about something between um, the connection between humans and animals and then those animals that we choose as companions even. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm drawn to animals because, like I mentioned, I just truly love them. And it's mm -hmm. um, so when you're painting something, when you're creating something, you are in that moment from the beginning of the creation till the end until it's polished. And you're just living that moment mm -hmm. and painting a dog that is beaming with life, you know, smiling and with the twinkle in their eyes. That just you're in that joyous moment while you're painting it. And that just brings me a lot more 
satisfaction than painting, for example, a landscape, which is also very beautiful, but it doesn't spark the same joy in me as an artist to create it. Right. Um, it's probably more peaceful to look at. I mean, I personally think that a, la a beautiful landscape looks better on a wall than a dog, a dog. But if it's my dog, it's different. Definitely. So it's the connection we feel, I think, mm -hmm. of the animals that we paint. So um, I won't paint just any dog's face. I'll paint like um, my dog's face. Mm -hmm. Or if a person wants me to paint their dog, it means a lot more to them. Um, to have their dog's face hanging on the wall. And yeah. if it's a joyous moment, they just always come back to that, those memories of that dog smiling and beaming with life. Yeah, I think it's the connection we have. Definitely, yeah. That makes Something me want to paint them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if people were, you know, could they commission you for a painting? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, and where, where could they go for that? So they could um, contact me. I have several ways to be, you can contact me through my website. Mm -hmm. It is joannasartstudio.com and my name is spelled with one n so it would be j-o-a-n-a-s artstudio.com mm -hmm. um, they can contact me through my email account and it's joannasartstudio at gmail.com so okay. it's j-o-a-n-a-s artstudio at gmail.com okay awesome, awesome. Um, and I could also give my phone number out. My cell phone number, and if you text me, it's probably better because if I don't recognize your number, I probably won't answer it. But it's 979 um, All right. Thank you for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask whose work has inspired your own. Is there any other artists that you kind of, apart from Andy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, apart from Andy. Oh, my God, there are so many. Um, so I follow quite a few artists. Um so there's a good friend of mine, actually, who does pastels, and she does paintings of horses. Um, her name is Teresa. Um, she lives in Portugal. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, other people I follow, stock, actually, online are... Um, so there's this one artist called John Banovich. He I, is American, but he does super realistic um portraits of African wildlife and he is amazing and I follow him often I stalk him he's very good all right um another one is Sarah Dean she also doesn't work with pastels I think she works with oils or acrylics I can't remember but the, she paints horses but the thing that sets her apart from other artists is the way she uses light and color mm. I love it um you can the painting changes completely if you use color appropriately to really make a statement. All right. Awesome. So if, if you'd like to check out what has inspired Joanna, you can go and check out these people. They're all amazing. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Support for KAMU is provided by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts, presenting Vision Duo. Violinist Ariel Horowitz and percussionist Britton Renee Collins perform classical works with a contemporary twist on Thursday, February 2nd at 7 p.m. in Rudder Theater. More information at academyarts.tamu.edu. All 
Alrighty, welcome back to the KME Studios. Now we will be continuing my interview with Joanna Rocha, the pastel pet painter. I was going to ask, you know, you have a very successful ac academic career and, you know, very successful art <laughs> studio. How do you balance the two? It is hard, let me tell you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, art is not my main job. Um, I cannot make a living out of it. Um, I don't want to charge an arm and a leg for someone to enjoy a painting, nor do I think people would pay for it. I don't know. But anyways, it's not my main job. So after um, work in the lab doing science, I normally work on my paintings at night um, in the evenings. And paint isn't necessarily relaxing. You know, you have to focus. It's like solving a puzzle. Right. Um, but it's very rewarding. And maybe beginning one is harder than being in the middle of one because you have to find your way, you have to find your path, you have to find those connections to make the eye just so and to capture the light and to capture the emotion. Um, but once you're in it, it's a lot of fun and I can't wait to sit back in front of that painting and continue to work on it and um, finish it because um, like I was saying before, you're in the moment while you're creating the painting. So if it's a joyous moment, you feel joy while you're painting it. And I think that really comes through on the on the canvas. If the dog is smiling, you feel like you're smiling. So that comes through the painting and the dog ends up smiling. Wow. I don't know how to um, explain it. Right. But it is a little bit difficult to have enough focus at the end of the day to... Um, complete paintings but I try my best and it's really nice in the evenings to unwind um, in front of a painting I don't have a lot of time to do it some evenings but it's a it's a juggling act and I do enjoy it um, and why did you choose pastels as a medium and I know you use other mediums so I'd like to also address that <laughs> that's also a great question um, Okay, so back to Andy. After um, he sparked this interest in me to pursue it a little further and to maybe even try color and use something other than crayons, um, one summer my mom took me to, um, I forget what it was called, but it was like, a, I don't know what the school was called, but it was an art school and they had summer courses for kids, I guess, and they had this package where you would start with um, charcoal and then you would move on from charcoal and um, and do like graphite or something those two things are apparently different and mm -hmm. then from there you would move on and do pastels and then from there you would move on and do watercolor and from there you'd move on and do acrylics wow. and from there you would do oil so they had this whole packet and all these little courses and classes that you had to take so my mom enrolled me during the summer um, I think it was the year after the whole Andy's letters thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so I got through the graphite and the charcoal and I loved it all. And then I was introduced to pastels and then summer ended and classes were about to start. Mm. And I had to pick between, for the free time I had available to me, between pursuing more art classes or taking or stopping 
riding lessons. So I could only pick one of the two, either ride horses or, <laughs> <Dang> it. <laughs> or learn more art techniques. And I picked horses. I pick horses every time because mm. I really loved pastels. And I was starting the watercolors and I didn't really like the watercolors mm. and I didn't really want to pursue it anymore. Yeah. Because it's hard. Watercolors are hard. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that course, that school introduced me to pastels, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and that's how I was introduced to them, and that's why I stuck with them. Because it's a really, uh, it's an easy medium in the sense that you don't need a lot of supplies you don't need paint brushes you don't need water you it doesn't dry like acrylics do um and it's nicer than pencils and if you get the right paper which is pastel mat by the way it's wonderful paper and it just goes on beautifully and you can do it's very um you can manipulate it really well you don't have to do lights first and then darks you can do darks and then layer it over with lights it's a very forgiving medium um that's why I pick pastels. Awesome. Um, and what message do you wish that people were able to receive from your painting? Because I know, um, you know, a lot of them feature like the country ranch lifestyle, maybe like sedentary. Um, it kind of like reminds me to like kind of stop and um, I guess enjoy the things that are around me a little yes. more. Um, would you say that that is something that you want to portray? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That's another great um, point of view. So, yeah, that's really good. So, you know how life is made up of little moments? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I start my day before going to work um, walking the dogs. We walk the dogs before we go to work, my husband and I. We have Mm -hmm. two dogs. And my day starts with those little moments, like my dog's face lighting up whenever I ask him if he wants to go for a walk. Or the feel of the early morning before the city gets super busy. It's calm. It's quiet. I like how the morning sun hits the leaves on the trees and it gives it that nice green glow. I like how it puts nice lighting on the barks of the trees, that nice glowy kind of light. You know, it's those moments that you just pay attention to and that like make up your morning and then start your day and it's that feeling associated to those moments like the dog's face lights up and you feel joy uh the beautiful glow that the morning light casts on the trees uh induces peace in me so whenever a person sends me a reference picture of their dog or of their horse or of their child or of their cat or what have you That reference picture that they picked is the picture they want for a reason. Um, It is also a moment in this person's life that sparks joy for that person. So, yes, I try to recreate that moment. I try to show the joy, the life, the character, the moment I tried to create the the feelings the emotions associated to that moment that that person has trusted me with Um, so if it's a dog smiling um, or if it's a horse jumping I try to show the happiness behind the eyes of that dog and I try to show the power behind the horse's jump and I try to um, recreate it so that when 
this person looks back at the painting that they choose to hang on their wall or not, <laughs> whenever they look at this painting, I want them to just automatically, I want it to spark joy in them or spark fun or emotion or peace or all of the above or, or whatever is associated to that moment in that person's life. Um, and like I said before, I am also feeling that moment as I'm creating these paintings. So I really do put a lot of love and um, like myself in each of these paintings. So that's a very good point of view that you just mentioned. Thank it you. is, yeah, these moments mm -hmm. are, yeah. are special. It really does translate very well exactly how you say you, that emotion behind the animal and even choosing that specific moment. I can definitely see that through your works. Yeah, thank you. Of course. Um, are there any projects in, that you'd like to be a part of in the future? You know, anything that you've been kind of thinking about doing but haven't done or something that you're hoping to be a part of? Oh, wow. I never really thought about that. Right now, I'm just very flattered every time somebody commissions a painting from me. Um, I also like to paint. So I paint for myself as well, but I also paint for others. And... I like to paint for myself because I have this outlet that I need to use that sometimes commissions don't allow me to mm, use. So yeah. maybe I think, I'll think, oh, you know, I don't want to, doing portraits is fun and everything, but I have this need to paint, you know, a group of horses maybe in water with the reflection in the water and, you know, light shining on these horses and I have this idea of the colors reflecting from the water and how the light should hit and what color these horses should be and um I need to get that out of me yeah and and I would like to, I like doing both commissions but also doing my own paintings that I do for myself but I also really appreciate it when other people enjoy my paintings I read somewhere it was a question posed to artists, and the question was, if you were on a deserted island with nobody else and it was just you, would you still do art? Would you still paint? And that's an interesting question because I think yes, because I need to express this outlet, right. but would it be as much fun if I can't share it with others? I don't know. Would right. it still be? So I don't know. That was a very interesting question that I read. But anyways, I would like to maybe one day have my own set of paintings that I do for myself and show the world, maybe in a gallery setting or through my web page, my website, uh, to share with people, to show them. And if they like it, too, it makes me so happy. Um, and if anybody would care enough to give it a good home, um, that would just make my day. So I think I would like to one day have enough paintings to maybe hang in a gallery right just mine <laughs> it will happen um, i see people you know graffiti artists painting these beautiful murals um and i really think that is awesome because you need to think about proportions on a huge scale mm -hmm. uh I would like to maybe one day try something like that. Not with graffiti, because I think I can't, I can't master something that sprays like that. But it's maybe never too late. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, I think that would be awesome. All right. Um, I don't know. That's actually a question I would have to think about, but right now my goals aren't that big. I don't know. <laughs> I've okay, never thought okay. beyond that. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, if you love what you're doing, that, that's all that matters, really. Oh, absolutely, really. Right. yeah. Um, are there any future dates that you'd like our audience to know about? Maybe future show dates? Yeah. Um, so I do arts and craft shows all right. in the winter awesome. or the fall because of Christmas time. And I hope to get commissions um, from these shows, like the Expo in Bryan mm-hmm. on Leonard Road. They have a um, a market. It's at the expo, and it's like a um, a vendor show. Okay. I go to those to like display my art, and I have prints, and I have stickers, and I have ornaments, and I have um, things with my art on it that people can buy. But if they would also like to commission a painting, I have my little portfolio there, and people can go through to see the reference picture in the painting and uh, commission a painting for me through there. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. And thank I you. can't wait to see where your art goes from here. Me too. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. A big thank you to Joanna Rocha for being a part of this project. And a big thank you for you guys that are listening. Uh, once again, the link for the Midori Concert Giveaway is tx.ag slash Midori Giveaway. Make sure to snatch those tickets. Have a great one and make sure to tune in next week. I'm Hector Nino and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art is sponsored in part by the Texas A&M University Art Galleries, which includes the Stark and Forsyth Galleries located inside the MSC. The galleries provide a variety of opportunities to experience art exhibitions, events, and hands-on activities. More information at uart.tamu.edu.